1: program you're about to hear is absolutely filthy and thoroughly disgusting furthermore listening to it will immediately turn you into a bottom 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 but listen when when it's messy it's a problem for everyone in the room correct all 10 of them i'm proud to declare the Adam saint show and his arse Open to the wind. As open to the wind. This is
2: fuckery. (laughs) This is all fuckery. (laughs) Fuckery. Fuckery. Fuckery.
1: Powered by DNR Studios. And now,
3: give a warm round of applause to my friend and yours, Adam Seng. (laughs)
1: Because I'm sickened. I am sickening, and a little sick. Welcome to the Adam Sank Show. We're not live, but it's a brand new episode. A brand new episode. If you're listening at 11 a.m. Eastern, Saturday, September 3rd, in the year 2022, at dnrstudios.com. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be uh, going into the studio a little later in the month. Um, Yes, DNR Studios and the DNR Cast app are the only places you can hear this podcast. throughout the week that it first airs. If you listen anywhere else, why don't you leave us a rating rating and a review on Apple or whatever audio platform you use. Email me at adam at adamsank.com. Like the Adam Sank Show Facebook page. Get your ass merch at adamsank.com. Call the ass hotline anytime you want even when we're not on the air, leave us a voicemail. The number's 804-TALK-ASS. Get vaccinated and boosted and uh, get on prep and uh, stand with Ukraine. Our guest today is, um, she's really a big deal. She's one of the top comedians in the country. I've been trying to get her on this show ever since we started. She's a very busy lady, but her name is Emma Willman. She's hilarious. You'll be talking, uh, you'll be hearing from her a little later in the hour. But first, it's time for everyone's favorite. Chubby. Chorizo. Steve Cesaro, Hello. Hello, Steve. Hello, everybody. It's sexy when we miss... Oh, oh. I, I don't, just have
3: to say... Yes? I've never noticed how many times you say ass in the intro. You say it like 20 times. I know. Well, it's <laughs>
1: it's called branding.
3: It, right? It's also called the ass. So, you know. <laughs> but you're like, the ass, the ass, the ass, and Ass open to the
0: wind! <laughs> Stick it in! Here I am!
1: Steve, uh, how did you feel about my Aladdin opening? <laughs> uh... Simon.
3: <laughs> I, I felt it was a little it was a little much. I think you could have pulled it back just a little bit. Um Sh- J B, shade. <laughs> you know, Probably. I
2: really loved it. Okay Are you the you Paula bill? Me? Okay. <laughs> it was so inspiring, but I don't think this is for you. Oh, shit! <laughs>
1: Shade. We just did a little improv. That was uh, the queen of fuckery herself, Jordan Bursey. Oh. <laughs>
2: That's fair. That's totally fair. Yeah, I'm gonna
1: first name you for that. I deserve it. <laughs> hey, don't forget to vote for us for the podcast awards. Yeah, you know how that goes. Um, check your spam folder. Spam folder. Because you may have been selected as a voter if you bothered to nominate us back uh, when we were asking you to do that. if you were chosen as a voter, make sure you go to podcastawards.com, vote for The Adam Sankshow in the comedy category, Uh, Derek and Romaine for People's Choice, and either Derek and Romaine or If These Ovaries Could Talk in LGBTQ. Thank you. That has to be done before September 13th, by the way. Um, So, uh, yeah. So – Today's a great day. I'm very excited about the interview we just finished, which you guys listened to a week ago with Dave and On, uh, Mikhail, the social media superstars. I love those guys. I was a little sad that they couldn't join us in studio. And by studio, I mean my mouth. My
0: mouth.
1: Oh my God, is that it, JB?
2: Yes, yes, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, 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 We have
1: to add that to the iPad, too. I need that sound in my life. Cat
2: dog and this. I got you.
1: Got it. She sounds like Elmo at the very beginning. She was like.
2: Don't yell into the mic.
3: All right.
1: Okay. We're obviously all a little punchy. Um, All right, so I want to start this hour, and I know we've talked about this before, but I can never remember how you, Steve, feel about this and how you, JB, feel about this. So everyone knows that I am a fan of body grooming for men. Women, I don't give a shit. Grow your pits, grow your legs, grow that bush. It doesn't matter to me. But guys, um, I like you to have a trimmed, doesn't have to be bald, a trimmed pubic area. Um, If you're going to bottom for me, and I know that sounds like an uh, oxymoron. But if you're going to bottom for me, I want your hole to be shaved. I don't want to be fucking a Brillo pad. Bottom. And, um, yeah, that's it. Steve, how do you feel about body hair on men, specifically dick and ass?
3: Uh, so for dick and ass, I want the shaft to be smooth. But I definitely want to look at you and know you've gone through puberty. I think if you're, <laughs> if you're a little smooth, like someone that I know, it weirds me out just a little bit. you talking about me? Potentially,
1: I'm going to show you my my bush right now. Do you have now.
3: a little bush? It used to be it used to be so smooth and 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 uh... oh, that's not bad. Okay, oh cute. Look at that. JB's he's not looking. He's got a he's got a nice little, oh, well, a cute little. bush. he's got
1: like I have hair. Two centimeters of but hair, but I don't have hair on my shaft or my balls.
3: Yeah. um... Balls, I don't mind. Balls are just hard to do. I, I cannot do my own balls, and I've tried a million times.
1: So I normally Phillip, get it Phillips sugared. Philips Norelco Man Groomer. Oh, maybe that's what I should try. Or I always or nick myself.
3: I do get sugared. Um, in terms of an ass, I do like a furry ass, and I definitely like a furry ass crack. Um, Why? It, 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 to me, there's like a musk that's there. It's very... Oh. It's very um, I'm going to throw up. <laughs> it's very from California. There's a note of vanilla, <laughs> sense of... Of wonder. Um, and for the rest of your body hair, I like it to be a little longer, but definitely trimmed. Trim it, trim it, trim it. I don't want you know, a sweater on your back. What about back hair? Yeah. I don't mind back
1: hair. Just trim it. By like, the way,
3: have you seen Ryan Frostig these days? It pokes out of his back, the back of his shirt. It doesn't?
1: Literally, Ryan could be wearing a winter coat, and you can see his back hair rising above the top of it. Oh, it is so furry and thick and long. And, you know, God love him. It's natural. It's the way he yeah. is made. I get it. But thank God I don't have any back hair. <laughs> I'd be so unhappy. JB, how do you feel about this?
2: Okay, so I I think I'm gonna start with my per, this is gonna weird. My personal, I love I love chest hair. Mm-hmm. Like, give me a nice chest hair. Um, I don't mind a little stomach. Give me nice nice, happy trail. I like, mm-hmm. I like a little hair on on the upper body. I don't mind I don't mind hair on the balls or the dick, but it can't be like a forest.
3: Right. You're yeah. really envisioning it. I see you. You're picturing yeah, it. Yeah,
2: 'cause I've I've been replaying a plethora of men and they like only I remember the ones who had the hairs and mm. those are my favorite. And then, you know, all the twinkish guys I fuck with, and they're usually the ones with the big dicks, just have it shaven. I'm just like I like I like a little hair, sis. Yeah.
1: Can I ask you a stupid question? Sure. Are do black men tend to be naturally less hairy than white men?
2: I okay, I want to say I in my in my case, yes. I'm not I'm not a hairy person. The hair you on my body, that's it. That's it. That's all it grows. <laughs> like I I have a mango booty with a peach fuzz. Like because <laughs> <that's, laughs> like,
1: most of the black guys I've hooked up with have very little body hair. Yeah. It doesn't seem like they shave it. It seems like it's naturally just smooth and I think it is so hot. I, it, that smooth black skin to I mean, me some, is some very attractive. They do shave
2: their pubic hair, definitely. Well,
1: that everyone has pubic hair, but yeah, I'm saying but, like they don't have a lot, yeah. uh, and there's and chest and back is usually hairless. Yeah, my bad. I love that I my love that about Asian bad. guys too. I'm I've really never, into skin.
2: Never done the Asian.
1: Yeah. Oh, I have. You like a, a slip and slide versus, I do. versus I like, like the a grassy feeling knoll. Of, I like the feeling of skin against skin. Anyway, the reason I'm bringing
3: this grassy up... Grassy
2: knoll, I like that. Yeah, I do a like grassy knoll. Knoll. A grassy knoll. <laughs> That's where
1: JFK was shot from,
3: was the grassy knoll. <laughs> We're just going to bring it right there. Today on the Adam Sank Show, a little bit of history.
1: <laughs> wow, poor wonderful, JFK. Wonderful way to start the show. <laughs> I know. Well, the reason I brought this up is because there's a story about a, a product called Ballsy. Hmm. This, is, uh, this is a kind of genital... Specific hair clipper, which I am not endorsing because, as I said, I like the Phillips Norelco man groomer. Hmm. And if Balzi wants us to uh, recommend it, they can fucking pay for it and sponsor us. Anyway, um, they came out with an advertisement that was immediately um, attacked by the Christian pressure group One Million Moms. This is this group that probably has 10 members, but they call themselves One Million Moms. Um, They objected to the same-sex representation in the ad. The ad in question is for Ballsy, as I said. The Ballsy brand also makes a nut rub cologne and an activated charcoal ball wash. I do like a nut rub, I have to say, especially at the end of the day. Um, The commercials made their debut on YouTube back in January, but they just now caught the attention of the founder of One Million Moms. Her name is Monica Cole. Uh, she sent an email to supporters this week, warning them that her eyes had been burned by the graphic advertising. advertising. Um, Queerty says you don't get you don't see any genitals whatsoever in the ad. Here's what she wrote: Balzi needs to be held accountable for their recent ad that speaks openly and repeatedly about men's genitalia. <laughs> um, this specific commercial called "Ouch." Balsy B2 Trimmer (laughs) with its campaign hashtag male grooming is currently airing on television. During the commercial, a female narrator walks around a fake ballsy lab with male, quote, scientists wearing only boxers while she describes their new product, the B2 Trimmer. The ad says, Here at Balsy, we know how hard it can be to trim your balls. That's why we created the new B2 Trimmer. It features two easy charge heads so you can trim your balls. Or your body without getting bad smell everywhere. Ew. What? Plus ball-safe blades to prevent cuts, so don't do this, says the narrator. The ad then shows the side view of a man wearing an open robe with one leg propped up on the bathroom counter (laughs) while painfully trimming his private parts. The email concludes, This commercial is entirely too specific and graphic for television. The details are over the top when simply mentioning private parts would have sufficed. Yet ballsy still chose to air these commercials despite their obviously controversial nature. Can you imagine what goes through a child's mind when viewing these ads? And we all know that children repeat what they hear. Ballsy should be ashamed. (laughs) I just love how many times she said ballsy. She's got balls. The the group urged its one million mom supporters to sign a petition against the crude commercial at the time of the writing... They had gathered 12,000 signatures. So, again, they're called A Million Moms, but they only got 12,000 signatures. Another recent campaign uh, by One Million Moms was in response to uh, a Gillette commercial promoting products for trimming feba- female pubic hair. So at least they're equal opportunity outraged. <laughs> Trimmers. Trimmers, yes.
2: I mean, like, why, why are you outraged? Sis? It's just it's – it's hygienics. Like, it's just like a period commercial. Like, I, I don't understand when people get away it's say, like, oh my God, they made it not blue anymore. It's red. So what? There are women out there. They need to see these commercials. They need the information. What the fuck?
3: It's just so funny to me. Like People have balls. People have vaginas. People yeah. have pubic hair. And people yeah. need to maintain it. That's yeah. all it is. Right. Like, yeah. not-
1: what if children did watch this ad? What would what would they learn that would be so damaging? That guys have pubic right. hair? That people have balls?
3: That people like to take I care of I think it's themselves. good because it teaches yeah.
1: children young. That they should trim their bush
3: <laughs> as soon as they have one. Here's a question for you, which if we have time, but I'll ask it anyway. Um, do you rub either powder or spritz a little cologne in your junk, or do you like it natural smelling?
1: Thank you for asking. The only time I put anything down there is right before I shave. I powder it. That yeah. prevents cuts. Yeah. It keep, makes the whole area smooth, oh, and so you don't get like caught in like a wrinkle. But um, no, I love the smell of balls. And particularly my own, if I may say, uh, <laughs> clean balls. Yeah, you know we're talking about like good shower, really? lots of soap, and then maybe spend the few hours going about your day. Mm-hmm. Maybe go to the gym. That is the best smell in the world, as far as I'm concerned. You know what's so funny? I hope is my mom's listening.
3: For myself, I use an Italian powder, and when I do my cologne, I definitely do a little above the pube and on my legs and everything. So you no, can... in but... fact,
1: I don't like it when when a guy. It smells like cologne down there.
3: Oh, but what's same, in reverse, I don't want the person I'm hooking up with to have any. I want to, like you said, shower and then go for a run and then sit on my face. Like, that's what I want.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, as, as a fat bitch, there's, there's levels to this. Because <laughs> for the summertime, I can't just be walking around here without no powder down there. Just <gasps> just sweat up and die and smell really bad. But in the wintertime, you know, I'm not sweating as much. JB, oh, I, I
1: think you have a complex where you think you smell. You have, have never, never smelled, smelled to me, and I have a nose like a bloodhound. I've seen you in the dead of summer when you're sweating, you always smell good to me.
2: I have stories of my childhood and it's probably explained by a complex, but yeah, you're right. But I just I just think you're a
1: clean smelling man. Yeah. Sure. Thank please, you so much. <laughs> please know that.
2: <laughs> um, but yes, I love
1: the <laughs> I love the smell of a man. Let's leave it at that.
2: Yes. man said A plus.
1: <laughs> you're like, who's listening to this right now? <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, Singapore has decriminalized same-sex marriage, which yeah, is a victory, yeah. but but there's a big but involved. Um, it will continue to restrict and classify media content with LGBTQ themes. Um, this move uh, repeals a colonial-era law that criminalized sex between men, um, and the change was announced by Prime Minister Lee San-Lung, uh, the law... Section 377A of the Penal Code (laughs) was introduced in 1938, and it established a two-year jail term for any act of gross indecency between two men, either in public or in private. Calling it gross indecency makes it sound so hot, doesn't it? (laughs) You know, I always forget exactly what Singapore is. I'm not the greatest when it comes to geography. And I was like, is Singapore a city? Is it a state? Is it a country? And the answer is yes. Yep. It's all three of those things. It's an
3: island. Uh, I believe it's by China. I was there. And I remember I was there for, I think, six weeks. Um, and I was there as an actor with a lot of my gay fellow actors. And I'm not being terrified. It's a very friendly place. But just being like, oh, my God, don't touch me. Don't hug me. Like, you can't hug anybody in public. And they make it very clear. Do,
1: Interesting. Do not touch anybody in public, boy or girl. Because be of arrested. health reasons? No. Because of indecency. 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 That's so interesting because I think of Singapore as being one of the more liberal Asian countries, but I guess I'm not, I'm um, totally private. off base.
2: Yeah, no. I Okay, so to me, Singapore is like Malaysia, Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. those rich places, but are very conservative. Oh, yeah. But they have money out the asshole. They're <laughs> very conservative. I want to meet a husband out there. That's the dream. That's the goal. That's where my sugar daddy is. But they're super conservative.
1: Well, until, a, until about a decade ago, this law was used as justification for police raids of gay-owned businesses and street arrests, arrests. Since 2010, the law has been rarely enforced. In June, Disney's animated Pixar film Lightyear was limited to those aged 16 and above by the country's rating board because it had a depiction of a kiss between two female characters. Uh, previously, the National Library Board in Singapore had withdrawn a children's book that included a same-sex penguin couple. Oh, sorry, my phone going off. Um, <laughs> anyway, so the bottom line is they're making progress in Singapore, but uh, they're not all the way there. And according to Steve, maybe it's just a general uptightness about sexuality yes. and, and uh, contact. I've never heard of such a thing.
3: Oh, yeah, and like even uh, littering. Like, if anyone sees you littering, you get arrested. And you know Mm -hmm. what the punishment is, which I remember. It's public flogging. Or it used to be when I was there in 2010.
1: Well, wasn't there that case of the, there was a a tourist, a man who was caned. Yeah. Wasn't that in Singapore? Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's Singapore. Yeah, so I guess they are kind of strict. I'm trying to remember
2: what other. Also, side note, the Lightyear movie was really good. Kiki Palmer, A+, for portraying a lesbian. Good for her. (laughs) Yeah. I hate this segment. Who cares when anyone else is watching?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, in France, a gay couple gave monkeypox to their dog. <laughs> 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 this, this is the first. This is the first possible case of human-to-dog transmission of monkeypox. Uh, this was uh, reported in two men and their pet in Paris. Um, This had only been a theoretical risk up until now. The men who live together and are in a non-exclusive relationship, (coughs) sluts, (laughs) were diagnosed with monkeypox at a hospital in Paris in early June. Twelve days after their symptoms started, their four-year-old Italian greyhound also started showing symptoms. According to a report published last week in the journal The Lancet, the dog developed lesions and tested positive for the same type of monkeypox as one of the owners. According to the report, the men said they let their dog sleep in bed with them and that they had been careful to keep their pet away from other animals or humans from the start of their own symptoms. But then the dog's symptoms started. Uh, Quote, to the best of our knowledge, the kinetics of symptom onset in both patient and subsequently dog suggest human to dog transmission of the monkeypox virus, according to the authors of the article. Given the dog's skin and mucosal lesions as well as the positive monkeypox virus PCR results from anal and oral swabs. They had to give the dog anal and oral swabs? We hypothesize a real canine disease, not a carriage of the virus by close contact with humans. What? The author suggests that studies should prompt discussion on whether pets need to be isolated from their owners if they have monkeypox. And they called for future research. This is a very sad story. But – I'm sure the dog's going to be fine, just as the people are going to be fine. Um, I wonder the, if the dog's in an open relationship.
2: <laughs>
1: I wonder if, if one of them fucked the dog. A little bit of peanut butter? Yeah. You know,
2: that was my first thought, but I was like, you know, JB, that's how criminals think. And that's, that's what terrible people do. I mean, it's not out of
1: the realm of possibility, but let's hope they did not fuck their dog. You pray. Um, Amen. So now the CDC is recommending that... Uh, Pets should be kept away from people who have active monkeypox. Um, and the CDC says if the infected person and the pet did not have close contact after the symptoms started, um, then someone else should, you know, the pet should mm. basically go live with someone else until the person has recovered. Yeah. I mean, now that I know this, if I, if I come down with monkeypox, God forbid, ladies going downstairs to Scott's apartment. Oh, poor Lita. She'll miss you. Meanwhile, in Oklahoma, a uh, GOP candidate uh, said that he believes gay people should be executed. Nice. Um, this guy's name is something Esk. Why is the first name fucking cut out? Uh, I I don't know his first name, but his name last name's Esk. And uh, he, in a video that he disseminated on Sunday—this uh, was a couple weeks scott, ago. scott Scott-esque. Scott-esque, thank you. He mm-hmm. said he wanted to set the record straight uh, as a result of a local news station reporting on previous comments he had made where he said that um, he believes his stance on homosexuality makes him a Christian. In the new statement, he said, I've stood up for what is right in the past, and I intend in the future, and I am right now. That got me in trouble. The media are not my friends as far as I'm concerned. This all started back in 2014 when he was running for statewide office. Uh, Esk commented on Facebook in response to somebody's question about whether homosexuals should be executed, presumably by stoning. Esk wrote, I think we would be totally in the right to do that. That goes against some parts of libertarianism, I realize, and I'm largely libertarian. But ignoring as a nation things that are worthy of death is very remiss. When running for state, Representative Esk defended his remarks by stating that executions of gay people were a matter of Old Testament law and came directly from God. Uh, But then he, as I said, released these statements trying to, quote, set set the record straight. Well, whatever the case, Election Day was a week ago Tuesday, and Scott Esk lost his primary to small business owner and political newcomer Gloria Bannister. Bye, bitch. Bannister (laughs) won 58% of the vote and... She will face Democrat Ellen Hefner Hefner, in the November general election for the seat that is currently represented by outgoing Congressman Colin Walkie. So – is that Walkie or Wakely? Whatever. So if you live in Oklahoma in this shitheads district, uh, thank God he didn't win, but uh, still don't – still make sure you vote for the Democrat uh, Ellen Hefner. And not Gloria Bannister, who I'm sure is also a piece of shit. But thank God that Scott, 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 Scott Scott. esque lost because really we've gotten to a point now where Republicans are openly advocating for the death of LGBTQ people. That's where we are as a country.
3: Literally, in every like I was, I do um, a lot of uh, what do you call it subscriptions to both right and left emails to see some of the stuff that the right says is ridiculous. And a lot of it's like gays and libertarians and the homosexual agenda. And I mean, they put it in writing and they
1: say it, it's crazy. People are just getting emboldened. Terrifying. Yep. Meanwhile, this is exciting. A guy named Maxwell Alejandro Frost could become the first Gen Z member of Congress. Frost is a 25 year old progressive activist uh, who won the democratic primary for Florida's 10th congressional district. Um he so I know you're thinking well isn't Madison Cawthorn 25 uh he is but I think because of the years in which they were born this guy Frost would technically be the first Gen Z candidate ever uh Gen Z is defined as anyone born between 1997 and 2012 oh, God. The minimum age to serve in, in the House is 25, so he will just be old enough to serve in Congress. He would also, if elected, be the the only Afro-Cuban member of Congress. Good for he previously worked as a top organizer with the ACLU. Um, he, he says his activism was shaped in elementary school when he heard about the Occupy Wall Street Movement. He also grew up 30 minutes from where Trayvon Martin was shot and killed in 2012. He's worked as an activist since the Sandy Hook school shooting in 2012. Um, so, yeah, this is exciting. He received high profile endorsements from Elizabeth Warren, Representative Pramila Jay- Jayapal, and Bernie Sanders. And he won uh, wow. in the primary election in a crowded 10 candidate race of more experienced Democrats. Florida's 10th congressional seat was previously held by Val Demings. She is running for Senate against Marco Rubio. So please, my God, I can't stress this enough. If you live in Florida, you have got to vote. Mm -hmm. Vote DeSantis out. Vote Rubio out. And if you're in the 10th district, vote for Maxwell Maxwell Alejandro Frost.
3: (laughs) That's awesome. Can you just – I think if more people like him, his age group, were to run – because people are like, well, all this old, you know, all these quote unquote old people or people of a certain age are taking over, and and laws that don't necessarily apply to the majority of the people in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Imagine what could actually happen, and the good that can come, not because they're younger, but just because we we have a little bit more of like an inclusive knowledge, yeah. I think and mindset.
1: Not to be ageist, but we do have a Congress and a president that skews very, so very old. <laughs> I yep. mean, Nancy Pelosi's in her eighties. Yeah. Biden's almost eighty and looks a hundred Barbara Boxer, yeah, is like basically brain dead at this point I mean, I hate to say it, but it's true uh not Barbara boxer Diane mm-hmm. Feinstein um who else that who's that Republican dude? Grassley's 86 and running for another term. I mean, come on. Yeah, it's too much. My parents are very intelligent, capable people. They're 81 and 87. They're both too fucking old to be in Congress. (laughs) All right? Trust me. They'd be the first to tell you that. Uh, Meanwhile, speaking of Congress, disgraced former Congressman Aaron Schock made an appearance at my favorite gay bar in the world, which is the Eagle, New York City, and I was there that night. (gasps) Did you see him? I did not see oh. him, but, you know, with my facial blindness, <laughs> I could have blown him and not realized it was him. That was a missed that's, opportunity to that's get his cuts here. It's like, that's and who and you swallowed her that her night. <laughs> well, remember that when he came out, I wrote an open letter. You did. That kind of got picked up by a lot of things, and I said if I ever saw him at a gay bar, I would throw a drink in his face. <laughs> so he's Aww. lucky that that I didn't see him. But here's the thing. So the eagle which really is a great place. I love the Eagle. They regularly post photos every week on their Instagram. Like, here's who was at the Eagle this week. And it's just random pictures of people. I've been on there. Um, Aaron Schock was photographed with two other, like, white buff. There's the picture, JB. Two other white buff thirst traps with their shirts off. And while the Eagle didn't realize who it was, tons of people on Instagram did. And they were like, how the fuck could you have this person on your Instagram. And so they immediately deleted the uh, folder, uh, excuse me, the the photos. Um, But here's some of the reactions from gay Twitter. This is before they deleted it. Gotta love the Eagle in New York posting a photo of Aaron Shock on their page. It's pathetic how low the gay community will go for a guy with abs. Gross! Aaron Schock never apologized for his anti-gay voting record in the House. I find it sickening that to some gay men, abs will win over self-respect. More likely, if Shock was overweight, they... That, wait a minute. More likely, if Shock was overweight, that... They would be why these men wouldn't look at him, not his anti-gay stances.
2: They say if he was a fat bitch, they would have been yelling at him and not taking pictures with him, which is understandable because I get yelled at all the time. But not at the Eagle. The The Eagle Eagle is is
1: really body positive. It might be the most inclusive bar, which is why I love it so
2: much. Me too. Yeah.
1: Age, race, size. The eagle is like everyone is sexy at the eagle yeah. and everyone is welcome. If anything, except they Aaron Shaw. Except Aaron Shock. They might be more annoyed at the ab people. Exactly. If you it's, look at the pictures, yeah. JB, it's, it's not usually people that look like Aaron shock. Yeah. Um Here's another comment. Completely unrelated. But gay men, if you're going to insist on continuing to wear these tiny shorts that don't fit you, <laughs> please stop keeping things in the pockets. Yes. It looks yes. awful. I'm yes. guilty of this.
3: That's why I, you know what I've started doing at these places—a little fanny pack.
1: Me too. I always wear a fanny pack to the Eagle because otherwise your pockets do look ridiculous. Uh, here's another comment. Following this picture, the three of them rimmed each other in the Delta lounge of the Ronald Reagan Airport. <laughs> but was it furry or was it smooth? And finally, Aaron Shaw confirmed for season three of Secret Celebrity Drag Race. <laughs> That's obviously a joke. Uh huh. Um, yeah, I'm not happy. That he was fucking there. I mean, I guess you can't really, like, keep someone out of your bar. Uh, but I would. You can. Yeah. I yep. guess you could. Private establishment. Exactly. I'm sure they didn't recognize him. He's so generic looking. He just looks like every, like, pretty,
2: pretty white blonde
1: boy. white boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, although there aren't that many pretty blonde white boys in New York City. Let's be honest. We're a pretty diverse city.
3: You know what my favorite phrase that describes this perfectly? The caucasity. The caucasity, the caucasity of it all. The, the, the caucasity. Yes. <laughs> oh, The caucasity. Oh <laughs> wait,
1: wait, 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 wait. I'd
2: be knowing. It was a stand-up. I was watching Adrian Max that had the caucasity. I was <laughs> like, that's a great word. I right? want to use it He
1: is the personification of caucasity. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, and, it, and oh, it's man. a big while. Um, we did a story a couple weeks ago about this dude who walked into a gay bar in Wilton Manors and was like menacing people and had a gun. Well, now a different person has walked into a Wilton Manors gay bar with a grenade. What the fuck is happening down there? (laughs) Police in-
2: Florida. You can get anything (laughs) from (laughs) anywhere. It's a terrible place and there's gators.
1: Now, when I say grenade, I don't mean that thing when you're cruising a really hot guy and he's got a really ugly friend. That is keeping him away from you. I don't I mean that kind grenade
3: of grenade. For uh, Police in Wilton
1: Manors were called to the corner pub on Tuesday after an unidentified man entered, called over the bartender, placed a grenade on the counter, and warned that he had guns in the car. The bartender, whose name was Joseph Shakespeare, <laughs> it can't be his real name, <laughs> told the ABC affiliate, it kind, of, it kind of freaked me out a little bit. Do you have sound for this? Did I give you the sound? I don't. He's literally like, it kind of freaked me out a little bit. I was just thinking, stay calm, you know, because we have a lot of people in there, and this is our community. So I want to keep everyone safe. (laughs) I'm sorry. If I were the bartender and someone put a live grenade on the bar, I'd be
2: like, everybody out. And also, you can't just – like put a live grenade on the bar. Like it, if, it, if you put a grenade on the bar, it clearly has a pin in it, so you didn't pull it. And then also, but still, what the fuck?
3: I could just see the gay being like, "What is this? Get out of here!"
1: And yeah, just right. throws it in the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the punchline: that's when former active duty Marine Daryl Darling stepped in. You can't make up these what names. Are these names: <laughs> Joseph Shakespeare and Daryl Darling. Daryl Darling, a gay former Marine told the uh, ABC affiliate he overheard what the man was saying and immediately realized the severity of the situation. He was agitated at someone in the bar. He was looking to pick a fight, Darling said, adding, he had shown me a grenade immediately as I walked up. It looked real. Rather than try to physically disarm the man, Darling said he struck up a conversation to distract him instead. That's a very smart strategy, Mm -hmm. to distract him with with your hotness. Uh, This diversion worked as Shakespeare... (laughs) 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 <laughs> was able to call the police and help the other customers leave the bar. When the bar was empty, Darling convinced the man to leave the bar so that they could hang out together. He literally used his, his cock to to defuse terrorism. Video captured the moment Darling put his military training to use. Moments after they exited the bar, he dropped the man to the ground and held him there until police surrounded him seconds later. The grenade holder probably ejaculated by then. <laughs> Wilton Manor's police later issued a statement saying the grenade was inert and the man was intoxicated in need of mental health services. He was distraught. Oh, this is sad. He was distraught by the recent deaths of close friends. He was taken to a facility for treatment Mm. while the investigation continues. So, Daryl Darling, you're a hero. You're my darling. And you're my darling. And I would like to blow you. (laughs)
2: Like I say, you think you're servicemen all the time.
1: Let's hear that... uh, That sound again, JB. This is what I'd like to do to Daryl Darling to thank him for his service. (laughs) 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 And finally, uh, this is a story I've been wanting to do for weeks and it keeps getting pushed off the rundown, but it's very important. A respected Polish science institute has issued... (laughs) Let's try this again. This is not a joke, by the way. A respected Polish scientific institute has classified domestic cats as an invasive alien species, citing the damage they cause to birds and other wildlife. And their owners. I agree. (laughs) Some cat lovers have reacted emotionally to this month's decision to put the key scientists behind it on the defensive. Wolczek Solars, a biologist at the state-run Polish Academy of Sciences, wasn't prepared for the disapproving public response when he entered Felis catus, the scientific name for the common household cat, into a national database run by the Academy's Institute of Nature Conservation. The database... Has uh, over seventeen hundred other species listed as alien species, and no one objected to any of those. Um, but the uproar over the cat classification may have resulted from some media reports that created the false impression that the institute was calling for cats to be euthanized. It was not. I have a, yeah, we had a cat sound effect, but JB's left the room. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. You do that so well. There's growing scientific consensus that domestic cats have a harmful impact on biodiversity given the number of birds and mammals they hunt and kill. But that's only outdoor cats.
3: It's all cats, isn't it? I mean, if you – like farm farm cats that are like in the barn and stuff, I mean, they kill a lot
1: of shit. Yes, but indoor cats don't kill anything unless you have a mouse problem, which is a good thing. Also true. Indoor cats just eat cat food. Yeah. The- <laughs> The criteria for the criteria for including the cat among alien invasive species are 100% met by the cat, according to the Institute. <laughs> the cat. In a television segment aired by independent broadcaster TVN, the biologist faced off last week against a veterinarian who challenged his conclusion on the dangers that cats pose to wildlife. You know, I will say there's a crazy woman who lives in my building who goes out every night with a giant bag of cat food to feed feral cats that are living in our neighborhood. Oh, my God. And I do not understand the purpose of that. Could you guys come back? <laughs> <laughs> the guest showed up. JB and she disappeared, and now we have, we have dead air here. <laughs> anyway, I don't understand why you would want to feed feral cats. It's like going out to feed rats or squirrels. <laughs>
3: no, you know, maybe she's trying to help the mouse population uh, – disappear in
1: your part of the neighborhood. We don't have a problem with mice in the neighborhood. We exactly. have a problem with rats in the neighborhood. Oh. JB, hit that cat meow at least once. So we, we did the cat. There we go. That was pretty good at it. <laughs> All
2: right. Ready? This is how my cat sounded when she was in heat this week, actually.
1: Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about your cat. Yeah. She
2: she had her first period. It was very nice. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. That's nice. Well, speaking because of which... She, she's more cuddly. I got to pet her more. <laughs>
1: speaking of periods, our guest today is one of... <laughs> One of the top (laughs) lesbian comedians in the country. She's appeared on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, Comedy Central, Netflix's comedy lineup, and has a recurring role, had a recurring role as Beth on The CW's Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. With fellow comedian Matteo Lane, she hosts the popular Inside the Closet podcast. Time Out New York called her one of the 10 funniest women in New York City. Here's a taste of the comedy stylings of Emma Willman. My opening credit was that
0: I had toured with Louis C.K. That was my credit touring with Louis C.K. Yes, I was opening for him when he got in trouble for jerking off in front of his openers. I was one of the openers. Yeah. My mom called me in hysterics. She was like, oh my God, you were doing comedy with him. Did he jerk off in front of you? And then I said no and I swear to God, she goes, oh, were you the only one? (laughs) Harsh. Like I messed up. That's what it felt like. I couldn't help it. It's just part of the human condition. I got defensive. I was like, "I'm not the only one." <laughs> okay, there are others, and we have our own movement. There's Me Too, and then there's Not Me. That's us. <laughs> not me, not me.
1: And please give a warm ass welcome to Emma Wilman. Thank you
0: so much. I appreciate that. Emma, How are you guys doing? so lovely to Thank see you, Kelly. You
1: can I start by saying you smell wonderful? Really. Thank you. Are you wearing, like, a perfume or a
0: – I have. I wear a cologne called – oh, my God. It's Max Azaria Blue or it's it's colored blue. Max Azria. Max Azria. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I've been wearing it for, like, 15 years. I didn't know that's how it was pronounced. But I just – I hadn't been wearing it forever, and I just got a new bottle. So I've been, like, extra spraying it. So I bet it's, like, residuals from a couple nights It's ago. lovely. Thank you. It's I appreciate that. It's a very fresh, that. clean exactly. smell. Exactly. It's, like, crisp.
1: I like that, too. I wear a soapy smelling cologne Mm. called uh, Agua Fresca by Adolfo Dominguez.
0: How do I say the one I wear? Max Azria. And what did I say? Max Azaria. Ah. Is there anyone named Max Azaria? Hank's brother.
1: Okay. <laughs> oh, right. Hank Azaria. He's, <laughs> yeah, he does all those is. voices on The Simpsons. Oh, yes. He does okay. the offensive Apu voice yeah, that he's not allowed it, to do anymore.
0: I would think I was wearing his cologne. <laughs> <I'm> wearing <laughs> <it>. Hank Azaria. <laughs> yeah, the, the Simpsons cologne. Right. That's what
1: it is. Emma, I've <laughs> known and admired you for many years.
0: I appreciate that. It's likewise, because I remember first seeing you, I think it was at Stonewall. Am I making that up?
1: I've been at Stonewall many times.
0: Yeah. I, I think that's where I first... Did We used to do, there used to be like a show there. It's so many things just like blur together. And then there's like pre COVID, after COVID. And all, I mean, also, I used to drink a lot. So they, it's lots of like wave, like, you know, just pops. It all memories. blends yeah, together. It all blends together. I can't yeah, blame COVID. I, I don't,
1: I feel like the first time may have been at the Laughing Devil that I saw you. But I just, yeah. I've known you for a long time. And I, but we've never really hung out with each other. Yes. So I want to get to know you a little bit. So Here I am. So start with your childhood, go.
0: Okay, you got it. Also, I spilled some coffee on the seat while, I, while we were listening to my comedy thing, but I cleaned it up with my shirt.
1: So. Oh, I, we would have gotten oh. you some napkins. No. Here. I just wanted
0: you guys to know why I whipped my shirt off really quickly. I liked it. Okay. I'm always yeah. one no for No one it. raised an eyebrow. Emma, just, Emma like, is sitting topless in the studio off.
1: right now. <laughs>
3: Tits out for the girls. Anyway. Tits out for the girls. My thing,
0: my, <laughs> I like whip my shirt off. My childhood, I grew up in really rural Maine. Uh, rural. Like, the town had 2,000 people in the entire town. Wow. Wow. Backwoods of Maine. It was really, really beautiful. Both of my parents grew up in Boston. They were kind of like hippies. I think their families were really, like, uptight. So that's what my parents had in common. I think that's about it, that they are both, like like, pushing away from their childhoods to be hippies in Maine. Because when I was in third grade, they got divorced, and then they don't – I could like, truly, I cannot even imagine them ever being married or in a relationship or anything. So then I lived with my dad, my sister lived with my mom, brother lived with his mom. Probably knew I was gay at, like – I don't know. I have all these, like, hate memories of having dreams where I would, like – I had this dream – this is a little dirty.
1: Please. please. Okay.
0: I used to have this dream. Where I would be like gender ambiguous and I would go into this cave and there would be all these women on their knees and they would like give me blowjobs. Wow. Um, but I was young. Like I don't know where this was come and I didn't have any like, you know, bad people in my life like showing me pictures or something. Like something like this was like fully self-created.
1: And how old do you think you were? When it had
0: to be so young, because I wasn't putting it together like this it what it was. Like it was just like the women would be on their knees, and I'd be like, time to go to the cave. And then I don't think I told anybody about it, but I remember then I started having, like, kind of... Did it sound like
1: this? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, you need to put my mouth with
0: the <laughs> <laughs> the hell did you get that our from? favorite <laughs> new
1: sound effect of a straight gangbang. <laughs> oh, nice.
0: You know, nice. Emma, nice. that's funny,
1: because when I was little, I remember being, like, five or six and yeah. already masturbating, even though nothing would come out at the end. And I remember masturbating to an image of my female friend getting spanked.
0: Interesting. That's wow. so interesting. What the fuck does that mean? Interesting. Why were
1: we so sexual so young?
0: So I have I wonder about that because I used to always, when I would first Google porn, like I wouldn't know what I was into and I, this was like back internet, like I remember like, you know, the same phone line as your parents are sharing it so my dad be like, I need to use the phone. And I'd be like, hold on a minute, I'm doing something for school. <laughs> but I would Google stuff that was in any way transgressive. Like I would always Google like affairs or anything that I thought because I, I knew I wasn't attracted to like standard straight stuff. So maybe it was that right. she was getting spanked you were like attracted mm. to the spanking i
1: think i've always been turned on by power T- oh
0: me too power I always, differential same yeah. so i watch straight porn or gay guy porn because i'm into that like i always mm. they do the power play much better in my from what i've been able to find so i always used to watch that stuff i don't know why we were so sexual though i really don't know when
1: did you have your first like sexual experience for real
0: well, I had boyfriends in high school. I was deep in the closet in high school because hmm. it was like rural Maine. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't even fathom. Actually, I'd be curious if you guys did this. I This is so bad. I used to make fun of these two. Like, I think out, they were either gay or bisexual, but they were a couple and I used to make fun of them.
1: Oh, yeah. I made fun of the guys that were <sighs> gayer than me.
0: I'd be like, that
1: guy's gay. Me, I'm straight. But look at that faggot. You know, it's like, mean. it's terrible. Right? No, yeah. it's awful. totally. But Emma, I feel like you're so strikingly attractive. I feel like everyone in high school must have been trying to fuck you.
0: I really appreciate that. In high school, I was, I had my ups and downs. There's little, little blips. Like, it was like, I would wear, I mean, when I have a ponytail and stuff, it does, something doesn't look quite right. You know what Mm, I mean? You need Mm -hmm. the short hair. Yeah, because I'd be like, "Hey, how you guys do?" And like, I still had the same. I was in the closet, but not well. Like, it wasn't like a. It it wasn't a well constructed closet. It was clear. There's like (laughs) a glass closet. People could see into it. It was like a dog crate. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So when did you? When do you have your first experience with a woman?
0: It was in right before college. I got wasted. I remember I was in Deer Isle, Maine. So rural Maine, everything's really far apart. And my friend was like, "Hey." did you hear at the party that did it is having? There's going to be a lesbian. And I was like, what we have to go. He was like, (laughs) what? And I was like, yeah, I heard something else, like some other reason to be there. So we drove like 45 minutes. I see the lesbian. She's just very stereotypical lesbian. (laughs) which is not what I'm usually attracted oh, to look, at all. Oh look, it's the lesbian. It's the lesbian. <laughs> Everyone's sitting around looking at her like, "Do something lesbian." Oh my that God. poor person. <laughs> Probably other anybody So questions. did you have sex with her? No, we made out though. Oh. And I was like, "Don't tell anybody about this." Don't tell. And she was like, "I think you're gay." And I was like, "Don't tell anybody about this." And then she called me the next day to see if I was okay. And she left Aww. a It's very sweet. She left a message on my answering machine, and I flipped Right. Because my dad was like, oh, your friend called. She just wanted to say hi, see how you're doing. I guess you met her, like, the other, you saw her the other night. And I was like, what? Why would she do that? Like, I hate her. And he was like, okay, like, just delete it then. And I remember going outside, and then I went and, like, Bought a basketball hoop. I'd never played basketball, but I just did that to like shoot like baskets because I would wanted to distract myself. I was I freaked out. Yeah, because
1: out. that's a way to prove to everyone that you're not a lesbian. <laughs> go go play the sports. Yeah,
0: I'll show <laughs> them. Get a fucking i I'm gonna go to fucking axe and yeah. chop
1: a tree down.
0: I never I'm not a lesbian. That. That's so true. <laughs> so, yeah, Dad, I gotta go do. What are you doing? Some straight shit. It's like, great. <laughs> so
1: yeah. then in college, do you finally just like
0: in college you I let came your out, pussy hair down? Hey, Amen, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I, like I came out pretty quick. I went to an all women's college. And, oh, that's the way oh. to do it. Yeah. It's what college? Simmons in Boston. Uh-huh. And it was it was all women, but it wasn't like it wasn't all gay, but it was just like a very gay friendly. So I got there, I'd say like on day two, I was like, I think I'm bisexual. And my roommate was like, Okay, cool. And then I'd say like an hour later, I was like, I think I'm gay. And she was like, All right, like whatever. That my Maggie, that was her name. She could have she could've cared less, but I was like coming to her with all my sexual awakenings. And then I started hooking up. You and know? then
1: I feel like you must have been wildly popular as a lesbian.
0: I dated a I peaked in college. I dated a lot in college. I really I did You know what the other thing in college is great? People are. I think I've heard someone talk about this, but it's like people are attracted to potential more in college. So then, if you're someone with a lot of hopes and dreams, you can like kill it because it's like right. It's like you you're ar- like you're
1: already a rock star even though you haven't actually done anything. Never done anything. You're just talking That's about so it drinking. And so
0: I was killing it in college. And then after college, I had a really hard time because I was like, wait. I was like, I hated my job. Like I hated my apartment. Nothing was going. Like you know, real life is hard. Did you
1: do any kind of performing in
0: college? None. I did student government, but that. Was was it. Did you do performing in college? Yeah, yeah. I was a
1: musical theater queen my whole life. Really? So like when I was little, and the town would have like a community theater mm. production, I was always the kid, yeah. like the one kid that was yep. in the show. And then I did that all through high school, and then in college, and you were
0: making fun of gay kids. Oh my god, it's, <laughs> I was
1: in such denial. Dang, it's
0: better come to uh-huh. my musical theater show. Oh,
1: I was the biggest homo, and well, yet so- homophobic.
2: And you guys should go to meetings and repent about this. Mm-hmm. I I absolutely, actually, I
0: actually have felt I need to repent about. it. I feel really bad because right? I really used to go out of my way to do it. Like, oh, I wow. mean, I
1: didn't gay bash anyone, but I definitely didn't want to be. Like what I would find Emma growing up is if there was another boy who was obviously gay, he and I would avoid each other like mm. the plague. Oh, it yeah. wasn't that I, I was bullying that. him. That's it was so like sad. I don't want to it isn't set. Mm-hmm. It's divide and conquer. Like mm. we should have been hanging out. Totally. But but instead it was like, I don't know him. Right. Uh but yeah, so and then in college I did I did all the musicals, but I wasn't in that program. Right. So I was no longer getting leads. I was like, mm. you know, tree number three. Right. Ah. And then I didn't do anything until my 30s when I started mm. doing stand When did you start doing stand-up?
0: I started stand-up, it was after college, no performing all through college, but I always used to... I remember in class I would always be – like if I didn't know the answer to something, I would really dress up what I was saying to the point where I feel like it was a little bit of a performance. And the teachers would be like, okay, I'm not like – we're just going to keep it moving on you. So I started like clocking being like, okay, if you put a spin on things or really enthusiastic about things, like that can have some weight. It's be Mm. like the medium, not the message. I started being like, oh, like if you perform something that really can different – like make a difference in how it's received. So then that I felt like in college I – Putting a little bits of shows here and there, and then it was after college. I went to this party and I saw a girl. It was the first time I ever saw someone do stand up live, ever. I'd never seen it not on TV.
1: No, because you grew uh, up in Maine. Grew up
0: in Maine and never saw any stand up. And then I, this woman was doing stand up in a corner of this party in a basement where it was leaking. The faucet was leaking. You could hear the like drip, drip, drip. And this poor woman was doing a joke, and people got upset. So she was doing a joke and she said a word that people found offensive. This is like.
1: Do you remember what the word was? I do. What was it?
0: <laughs> she said, so she was doing a joke about this is a long time ago, too. And I don't think she does comedy women anymore. She was talking about Silence of the Lambs and how, like, the tranny in it made her feel good about her body because her body was the type of body he was. They were making body suits from, <laughs> and she was like, "That's the first time I felt really confident." And so she was like, "Thank God for that tranny." And and people were like, "It was a queer." It's party. a great joke, except for that word. It was really yeah. funny, and, and also
1: was, we didn't know that word was offensive back this in is like the day. Years I used to ago, say that 14. word in my act because totally. Did before you? Yeah, I said tons before, of stuff. before trans people told me it was offensive, Absolutely. I didn't know it was offensive. Right.
0: So she was like, oh, "I used to say the R word a lot."
1: Me too. Yeah. I have, on one of my albums, I have a whole joke about that. Really. But, you know, I also – I mean we can get into a whole conversation. I, mean, I feel I, like stand-up is about intention.
0: Total, oh, this is the other thing. More so than words. I, 100 oh, percent. Couldn't agree more. So her, the energy around her saying that word, even though I didn't know that then, like that took me a little bit mm-hmm. to be like it's so – intention is so key here intention the dynamic power dynamics of it she's like her, the way she said it was so not mean so i remember being like oh but people surrounded her and it were they were like <laughs> so she stop, kind of had to stop and then i went up to her afterwards and was like what were you doing not knowing you shouldn't say that to after you watch someone do a comedy oh, show don't go be like what was that what the fuck were you trying to you do and what was that she was like i was trying to do stand-up comedy and i was like, "Oh, I." I didn't know you could do that like this type well, of Well, explain
1: this to me. Was she just spontaneously getting up at a party and saying, Hey everyone, listen, I'm gonna do stand-up comedy? Or did someone ask her to do
0: stand-up? I hope that's what happened. So by the time I got there, she was performing but she they had given her like a karaoke mic and a karaoke like boom boxing like, so the sound sucks it's dripping it was one, it was like a hippie party like it was like make your own kombucha make your own beer so there's like a vat of kombucha a vat of beer and then there's like a bunch of queer people i mean this is not an ideal comedy and situation. that woman's
1: name was ellen DeGeneres. yeah right no, <laughs> and so, <laughs> so years later wanda sykes blew up so, so. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> so when is your first actual time doing it
0: so after I saw her do that, where the wheels were really spinning, because I was like, it made it so accessible. Because you know sometimes, like when you see someone, you know when you see the final product, and we mm. see something at the finish line, you're, it doesn't even click. Usually, like oh, I can do that, but when you see, when I see someone getting yelled at in the basement, there I'm like, ah, oh, this,
3: right?
1: This, this is, is easy. I can do that. Uh-huh.
0: So then I, I, asked her. I was like, How, what do you, what do you do? And she goes, go to a, go watch a comedy show at a comedy club. See if you're still interested. So I go to this comedy club in Boston, the Comedy Studio. Didn't read the schedule. I just think, comedy club is going to be comedy. I get there. It was magic night. So it's me and, like, four people <laughs> watching this guy on stage who is telling jokes, but he's also doing magic. And I'm like, what is going on? One of those on? com-
1: comedy magicians.
0: So confused. So I watched, like, three or four com- – it was a like, comedy magician open mic, too. So they're, like, trying out – have you ever seen a magic trick getting worse? I can't workshops? think of
1: anything worse. <laughs>
0: it's weird. It's weird because, like – the dove's dead or something, and they're just like, <laughs> ah. and just like.
1: The person who gets sawed in half is actually dead. Right? Yeah.
0: yeah. They're like oops. Glad this isn't a real show. So I watched that. and Then afterwards, the guy who owns it, his name's Rick, was like, "Did you think this was comedy night?" And I was like, "I did." And he was like, "Yeah, come back." And this is how different Boston is from New York. He goes, "If you come watch like five shows, then I'll put you up on a Wednesday." So what's oh. different in New York is like we have no to one bring we have to bring, have to bring audience people. members. Yeah. yeah, it's a whole different thing. So then I. I started, I took a comedy class, and then I pre- performed for the first time. Maybe like about like nine months after I saw this girl, but that was when and, I was like twenty four, maybe. I'd say.
1: And how many years ago was that?
0: Long time, because I'm thirty six now. Oh,
1: you're still young. Yeah, you're really young. But, so, but
0: I, it was still a while ago. 36 I want to 24. I talk more 20s. about
1: your comedy career, nice. but we're going <laughs> <nicely> to have <laughs> to we're going to have to catch up with the rest of your yes, career yes, when yes. you come back because yeah. I really want to play "Ask Me No Questions" with you, and we only Absolutely. have like six minutes left. So hit it, JB.
2: Oh, well, no, we have eight, seven
0: minutes. Yeah, I know. Oh, it's all right.
1: So hit it. (laughs) Ask me no questions. Ask me no questions. Yeah. What's the first joke you ever told on stage?
0: Oh, my God. Okay, this is, I'm going to say joke, like, loosely. It was about my, I told this, like, whole story where my mom doesn't say the word gay. Instead, she does a wiggle. And then I would act out the wiggle. I would wiggle my head and that would get a laugh. But it was this whole long story. I didn't understand like a joke needed to I didn't understand like a setup and but it was the first thing where I would consistently get a laugh.
1: It's funny because my first joke was about my mother and my being really? gay, too. I think that's, like, a thing we it's go to as as gay thing. comics, especially at that time.
0: Very formative. Like,
1: nowadays, it's like, who cares if you're gay? But then, like, audiences would be like, ooh, a gay totally. comedian. Totally. And
0: also feeling like you wanted to address how – I used to really – I still feel like i will like, i got to address how I look or something. And it's so formative. So that was the first joke was about that.
1: What's the sexiest part of a woman's body?
0: Nipples. Boobs.
1: Interesting. Oh, yeah. You're a boob girl.
0: Yeah. What about you? What are you –
1: of a woman or a man?
0: Uh if for me the sexiest part of a man I'd say shoulders, but
1: mm. oh goodness. Mhm. 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 I think for a man it's got to be uh well it's got to be a, a dick. If he's got a really nice dick, like just holding it in my hand is so terribly exciting. This
0: is where we would definitely disagree, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. But yeah. But I do
1: like boobs on a woman. I'm really? a, I'm a boob guy when it comes yeah, to I
0: love like it's And it's about, like, the, like, sensation around them. Like, I, like, just think I love boobs. Hmm.
1: Are yours sensitive? <laughs> <laughs> Are your nipples terribly sensitive? Mm. Mm.
0: They're medium.
1: Because <laughs> I, so no, I have no sensitivity.
0: <laughs> really? Yeah, they're, like, medium, I would say. And Who? my girlfriend has really, really nice boobs, too.
1: Oh. Who is your celebrity crush?
0: <laughs> oh, my God. It used to be Demi Lovato.
1: And then what happened? She That's went crazy. Not, yeah,
0: they. no, it's not. They, they, they went crazy. Went crazy. I should, actually, they switched back.
3: Oh, really? Oh, that's yeah, she's a she- How did we I miss that I story? Know. It was like a month ago, two Man. months ago? Yeah, yeah. she
0: slipped it in two months ago, but it's you probably missed it because it was like packaged in between stuff about like she was finding aliens for a little while. Oh, she's a mess. Yeah, so she was my celebrity crush until the yogurt incident, and then- Now who? I don't have one now. Who should it be? I want to I kind get one. of see
1: you with Kristen Stewart. But that's no. because you look like Christian yeah, no, thank you. I appreciate Aww. that. I've never
0: been attracted to like blondes at all, even though all everybody's beautiful in their own way. I'm blonde, so like I love like the contrast.
1: um give us your most I love this question. This is something John Fugel Sang asked me on his show. Okay. Give us your most controversial opinion.
0: <laughs> um, I thought of it the other day i this might feel really this might sound crazy. I'm so ready. Okay, this is like I was thinking the other day. I was listening to a straight white guy talk about how he can't say anything anymore, and he like just like going on and on about it. And I was like, it is so insane the way straight white men have spun being victimized because they can't do literally anything, everything they want now. It's like I can't do ev- the way they've done it. So like insane, and in that they're actually mm-hmm. getting traction. I'm like, do these guys like do they actually deserve to be on top? Because the way they've like spun this in such a sadistic, like insane kind of quote-unquote convincing way to people that aren't thinking critically about what they're doing do you know what i'm saying yeah but i don't
1: think that's controversial i think that's just true well
0: the controversial part would be like being like should is this why they're on top like because they can like Mm. literally be like i mean they are like screaming from the rooftops like i'm being discriminated against i can't to the point where i was almost like for i almost like and then it's like no what am i what am i no it's the
1: politics of grievance and it's what Uh. trump was able to harness yeah. so masterfully is that they do, be- they believe right. that they, they are victims. they believe
0: it and then you're listening to them like, wait,
1: what? Right, they're the most powerful people in the world right. and they think they're the biggest victims. Right. Uh, mine is way more controversial. Mine what? is that all baby boys should be circumcised. Um, like, uh, pe- people hate me for having that opinion. I don't hate you, but that's a, that's a, a- tough one. We've talked about it a lot. Yeah. Um. Okay, uh, <laughs> name a famous comedian who doesn't deserve their career. You're such an asshole. I can't. Are you going to be safe and not name it? Yeah. Almost no one answers this question. But you know what?
0: (laughs) I feel solid in my assessment of it because I remember meeting them and they were like really mean.
1: Is it a man or a
3: woman? woman.
0: And I was like, oh, two of them. Both of them are women. Um, Rosie O'Donnell. No. I actually really like Rosie O'Donnell.
1: Oh, she's such a – Well, I've heard heard that she – I heard heard she is really mean. You know, Steve, I know people who love her
0: so much. I think she's so talented, but I've heard people say that before and I – I wonder what, I mean she must have just been through the ringer like with what but I don't know I've never yeah. met her. She's
1: troubled so I think sometimes mm. she's probably a nightmare but when she's well she's probably great.
0: Right.
1: But um but anyway what back to say, you. So <laughs> this person was
0: like always mean and I I remember when I started out like they were always just like really mean to people that were below them and I'm like I hate this person and then one time we like gut something we both got the same thing and then she started being really nice to me and in my head I was like do you not remember I remember you were so mean and I've just heard that she's really hard to work with so she
1: and- punches down and kisses yeah up. so I, I fucking hate that. me
0: too but I've the thing I've learned in therapy now is I have to wish people like that well
1: absolutely because I hate them it's tough I'll be, to do yeah
0: <laughs> I'm like I wish them well to the great but then it's like you want to wish them well
1: we're almost out of time uh what uh describe your worst gig ever
0: all right the first one that comes to mind which can't be the wor- okay I have two I'll say them real quick Well, first of all, last night I did a show at like seven o'clock. It was right near my apartment, and it was at a dog cafe. Now, I love dogs. So they were like, do you want to do our comedy show? It's right next door to you because I walk by all the time. I was like, yeah, I'd love to. It was early. I was like, if I can just go on quick. I get on. The dogs are barking during the whole show, and I didn't want to speak over the dogs, so the dogs just drowned me out. And then I realized I didn't want to talk about sex in front of the dogs because it made me feel weird. So the whole thing was a total disaster. Worst show, though, ever was um, University of South Carolina upstate. Freshman orientation. They had, like, 15 popcorn machines going off while I was on stage at 4 p.m. doing an hour, and it was the worst. They like
1: God. try their best to ruin it, it for was so us. Bad. You've got gigs coming up all over the country. Yes, sir. Tour dates and locations are at i am wilman two l's two n's dot com. How can people follow you on the social media?
0: I do a lot of TikTok and Instagram and Facebook too, so I'm on all of those. So any one of those, I'm on. Too
1: much. Actually, your name has two M's, two L's, and two N's. That's right. Emma Wilman, you are a delight. Thank Please you, Adam. come back. We've Anytime. only begun to get through the questions I had for I you. I appreciate Steve it. Stephen JB, plug yourselves. I'm Cub Mexi on Instagram and Steve Cesar Medina on Facebook.
2: I'm Anarchy 12 on Instagram.
1: Thank you both so much. We are back again next week with comedian Kevin Israel. Subscribe to this podcast at dnrstudios.com. Don't forget to order your ass merch at adamsank.com. Follow me, me, on Twitter and Insta at adamsank and on TikTok at Official. Email me your dick pics at adamandadamsank.com. Have a great week, bitches. Bye. Bye.